Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. The easiest way to to feel better and to get out of um, you know spiraling stress or or suffering, if it's related to yourself, is to think about other people. Is to give to other people. It's the best known way that I, I've figured out how to get out of my head, not feel bad for myself, uh, be self-critical, all that stuff. Um, and so I offer that as well. It's like, if you're having trouble finding purpose or meaning or, or finding firm ground in any of this, see what you can do to give back. Um, see what you can, and it can be little things. Little tiny things, just you know, calling up, calling up a a friend who might be suffering as well, or suffering more, or doing you know, doing what you can to to give back to community right now. Because most, I mean, anyone who has time to listen to your podcast probably has the ability to help on some small or maybe a big way. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Look Up Podcast. It is May 8th, 2020, and we are now seven weeks into the coronavirus quarantine across the United States and the rest of the world. Many of us are starting to slowly come out of quarantine, many different places, including where I am here in France. And man, what a time. What an interesting situation that we all find ourselves in here and an opportunity to really reflect and dive into what we find to be important, what's changed in our lives, what hasn't changed in our lives, connecting with those around us who we love, reevaluating our relationship to death and the economic machine that seems to drive most of our society. Really been quite eye-opening for me, particularly, and if you also follow along on my weekly newsletter, The Look Up Weekly, which you can sign up for on my website, thelookuppodcast.com. Uh, you'll be able to hear some of my additional thoughts and writings on what's changed for me and where my thinking is going in this current situation. And as always, I just want to quickly thank you all for continuing to listen. Uh, Look Up to me is so much more than just a podcast. It's a community of individuals that are searching for truth and trying to identify the shared humanity, the shared challenges that we face, the shared opportunities that we have in front of us, and the tools and practices to help us discover ourselves and really diving into what it means to be human in today's world. And this episode is no exception. I had the privilege of hosting my friend, Danny Steiner, on his birthday. This was last week. Danny is the co-founder and COO of Kensho Health. He's a plant-based entrepreneur, a digital innovation strategist, and an investor who's deeply focused on disrupting the way we live and increasing global well-being. Kensho, the company that he started, is the first curated holistic health marketplace that connects verified providers, students, and brands across practices including yoga, 
meditation, coaching, acupuncture, breathwork, Reiki. The company was described by TechCrunch as the antithesis of Goop because the company focuses most of its energy on science-backed holistic health offerings. And what I found so cool about Kensho and why I wanted to have Danny on is that at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, Kensho sprung into action to offer free and donation-based online health and wellness classes through their Instagram platform, inviting practitioners like me to lead sessions for those of us that really wanted to lean into our mental health and physical well-being while in quarantine. And so in this episode, Danny and I spoke about what it means to be an entrepreneur who dog foods, quote unquote, their own product, meaning that he is an entrepreneur who not only believes in what he's building, but also uses these practices regularly. He's been meditating since he was 14 years old. And I'd say he's trialed most, if not all of the holistic health offerings that are currently available on Kensho's platform. He tells me a bit about the start of Kensho, where the name came from, how they were able to find thousands of holistic health practitioners around the country, and why he's most excited about attracting new customers who have never experienced any of this holistic medicine before. Danny also explains how mission-driven entrepreneurs can align their incentives with both their investors and their customers, even as they focus on growth and the bottom line. We chat about building healthy habits during quarantine. We talk about Danny's personal health habits. We explore the differences and nuance between science-backed practices and experience-based learning, which in some instances can be just as valid. We laughed about Alan Watts and the idea of the cosmic joke, reminding ourselves that we are mortal and that we're all going to die. And then Danny kind of closes the episode sharing his thoughts on, on service. So it was a really beautiful episode. Uh, Frankly, I thought I could have done a better job listening. I share a lot of my own thoughts in this episode, but there's always an opportunity to have Danny back on next time to share even more of his personal knowledge and his Kensho journey. So thank you to Danny for coming on the show. Thank you again to all of you for listening. And yeah, check out Kensho. I'm actually a practitioner on the platform. I'm offering yoga classes and breathwork sessions. And Danny and I, every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific for the last four weeks, maybe five weeks now, have been leading a breathwork session to clear negative energy, to calm and center yourself, and then to create through manifestation and imagination. So this is an episode that's really close to my heart and taps into some of the things that you all know I love. And without any further thoughts from me, I bring you Danny Steiner. Danny, thanks for coming on the Look Up podcast. Appreciate it. You coming on last minute. That's my pleasure. Yeah. So we were, um, I was originally scheduled to record with someone else. We were literally in planning process of getting you on the show either next week or the following week. And it just fell into place. And it also happens to be your birthday. So happy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I cleared my morning to sort of allow myself to have. (laughs) <laughs> time time and space and when you, and when you asked me i was like you know what yeah fuck yeah but how else would i want to spend you know my birthday than having a fun conversation with a with a good buddy uh so that's it's totally my pleasure and, and really happy to be here 
Awesome. I love how that works out. And now we've spent, you and I have spent the last, uh, the last two mornings together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of what I wanted to talk to you about. So you've been in full kind of service mode um, since the, the COVID situation kind of started rocking everyone's world. And we've all been on quarantine now for man, how, many, how many weeks? It's like it's six weeks over here. I think you you went into quarantine pretty early as well. So self physical distancing. Yeah, for me it's been about six. I think yeah, around around March eighth or ninth, I think was when when I really recognized uh, okay, <laughs> I need to start changing my behavior. I'm seeing what's happening in New York, seeing what's happening in Europe. Um, yeah, so around the same time. Yeah, it's crazy and. You know, you and and the team at Kencho kind of jumped um, at the moment and provided a platform for uh, holistic practitioners to offer their services and kind of showcase their services to your community and their communities on Instagram. Um, And, you know, now more than ever, I feel like individuals that are trapped at home have it's it's wild to see how service providers have really stepped up and and you know are giving so much of themselves to you know to share these practices um but people need it right now now more than ever and so i feel like i feel like this moment in time for for you and for kensho is is uh is kismet or beshared mm. as they say and of course you have to yeah. be sen- you know sensitive to the broader struggles societal issues that we're going through right now but man it's it's really um at least in in my kind of social media feed for sure it's really leveled up um the awareness of of the kensho platform and its practitioners yeah i mean i think um you know when when things started getting getting hairy we just immediately asked ourselves how can we help um, Krista, my co-founder, and I, we were actually about to go into seed fund- fundraising. Uh, we had raised a large pre-seed about mm-hmm. a year ago, and we, we had launched in, I think, late January, um, and we're about to go out for a large seed round. Um, <laughs> and so I had the seed deck together. We had you know, a decent amount of money already locked up and confirmed from mm-hmm. our existing investors, and we were about to go kind of hit the road. And once things got intense and and into this place of you know at least early early lockdown and seeing what was happening in Europe and, and in Asia and, and in New York, it just didn't feel right to go out and raise money. It just didn't feel aligned at all um, because it takes. I mean, as you know, it just takes so much energy and effort. Mm-hmm. There's not much else you can do. And so, what we decided to do is just put all of our efforts into to helping community and, um, and utilizing the resources that we had available to us um, and, and, you know, raise kind of a bridge round, just keep us, keep us around, keep the, you know, keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just really grateful that we've been able to do what we, what we have and, and that we have this incredible uh, practitioner community, um, you know, thousands of practitioners now who are, I mean, they're just incredible people um, stepping up in in ways that uh, that so many of our our service men and women are are stepping up. 
um, sacrificing, uh, you know, for others and really helping and healing. Um, and yeah, I think, I think, a, a you know, a positive externality or, or byproduct of, of that situation is, I think it's been really great for, for our brand, uh, to be able to tell our story and, and showcase a lot of, a lot of the folks, including yourself who are so talented, um, and who have so, so much to offer. Yeah. It's an interesting time, right? Because our, our whole framing of, um, of what's important has been completely shifted and, and health is obviously front and center. And, and I think that there's a lot of questions around um, the way that we look at health right now. And people are looking at alternative ways to, to heal, to grow, uh, to survive during this you know, quite traumatic time. And I think that Eastern and alternative and holistic practices are beautifully set up really um, for dealing with this sort of um, really real human suffering. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, health and the way that our existing healthcare system operates is predominantly to treat the symptoms. It's more reactive than proactive. And this kind of rise in holistic health or wellness. And I'd love to get your thoughts on definitions maybe. And, and um, because there's so much under each, um, under those umbrellas, there's so many different um, methods and practices and whatnot, but I feel like at least this, this holistic medicine movement is more about being proactive and treating the root cause of symptoms um, rather than the symptoms themselves. Mm. Yeah, that resonates a lot. And, and we, we've done a lot of thinking around whether to call ourselves a wellness company or mm-hmm. alternative, alternative medicine or holistic health, holistic medicine. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the, the root of all of it is it's prioritizing preventative and proactive care uh, rather than just reactive and symptoms-based or more acute-focused care. Um, and, and just as a caveat, Western medicine is amazing. Yes. Uh, our medical system <laughs> is unbelievable. If I get into a car accident and yeah, I'm not going to my chiropractor if I'm, if I'm suffering and like dying on the street, I am, please take me to a hospital. Please have a Western trained doctor to treat me. Um, they're absolutely the best for that. But for so many of the mental, emotional, often physical, uh, trauma and symptoms that we have, our Western system is just not really sufficient. Uh, it doesn't really address the needs of, of so many of us. Um, you know, if you, if you look at even before COVID, uh, numbers of suicide, depression, loneliness, obesity, addiction, um, really not going in the right direction. Even despite the fact that we are, we're living in the richest country in the world, the richest country to have ever existed. Uh, you know, we, 
we suffer from a lot of pain and suffering. Um, and unfortunately, Western medicine is really not set up to deal with that kind of pain and suffering. Um, and, and a lot of Eastern alternative stuff is. It, it, was, it was rooted in that uh, from meditation and yoga, which you know, I think we both have, you've studied a ton and I've, I've studied quite a bit. Um, it was rooted in that problem. 2,500 to some say, you know, five, 6,000 years ago. Yes. Um, or no, five, five to five to 10,000 years ago. Um, not, my math isn't very good. Um, you know, <laughs> it, uh, it was rooted in this, like trying to solve suffering, human suffering, uh, which, which, which existed then and, and certainly exists now. Um, so for me, holistic, holistic health is really looking at the whole person knowing that it's connected in, in all of its nuanced and variable ways, um, that uh, psychological stress is related to diet, is related to physical treatment of the, of the body, is, is related to spiritual health mm-hmm. as well. Um, that there, it's all interconnected. And, and so to treat, any of the, to treat many of the symptoms um, that we have, or to optimize for, for other ways in which we can better ourselves, we really need to consider the whole person, the, whole, the bigger picture is how we look at it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, as you said, right, that, that important caveat of Western medicine is great and it has its, its place and it's necessary. And some of the miraculous surgeries, you know, my, my father is an ophthalmologist and you know, he gives people the gift of sight, like people that could not have seen before with laser surgery. Now they can see it's and cataracts and all those things. So it's, it's fantastic that that's available to us. Um, but as you said, there is a tremendous amount of suffering. And I was just thinking about this recently. Uh, I th- I believe it's something around um, 40 million Americans that suffer from anxiety related disorders um, including depression. Uh, I think the suicide numbers are staggering. It's the 10th leading cause of death in our country. Um, it's on the rise among young people and particularly young women. And there's clearly, you know, and, and that's not even tapping into the, the opioid crisis in our country. Mm-hmm. And so there's clearly something is broken you know, we're, we're number one, the United States accounts for 25% of global domestic product. And yet we're ranked 19th in global, global national happiness. There's potentially it's getting to the bottom of it is hard. And there's probably a multitude of cause and effect relationships happening here. But I believe taking a proactive approach to mental, spiritual, emotional, and of course, physical health, because stress-induced physical problems like heart disease, potentially cancer, we don't know the relationship between stress and cancer perfectly, but there's some kind of cause and effect going on there. Diet, Mm-hmm. leading to diabetes. I mean, these are all so, so, so important and, and definitely one piece of the puzzle. So it's fantastic that uh, you guys are, are working in this area. 
Well, the thing is, like, none of this is we're we're just kind of I think we're just reminding people of what mm -hmm. already exists um, and making it easier for them to access. You know, when when Krista and I met a few years ago, we we actually met at through a Burning Man camp, um, and we were both trying to tackle this issue of each of us had had so much success with Eastern alternative care and had has changed our lives in different ways. For me, it was kind of a a slower burn from a young age. It just gave it gave me some meaning and purpose and understanding to the greater workings of things. Um, so there was no there, there was no um or was there you said it was a slow burn i remember yesterday you mentioned that you started learning meditation in high school correct yeah yeah, yeah. so i i started learning when i was about 14 um and yeah i've been meditating uh since then not not every day over the over the last let's see is that 16 years um <laughs> but uh but but pretty good amount Pretty good amount, fairly fairly consistent over that time. I and, mean, if you'd um, been, you you would get the gold star if you had meditated every day for the last sixteen years from that age. I, I mean, know. but I mean, how amazing would that have, that would be? Great, like I would be yeah. such a I would be so much more elevated than I am right now if if I if I did. Perhaps um, and that's what a platform like Kensho Health can can offer is is making something like meditation as consistent as something like eating. Uh, but but going back to what you were you were saying, so you, so you started learning meditation when you were sixteen, fourteen, fourteen, actually. fourteen, with Mr. Lysat, who who uh, who I who I told you used to say a lot, um, be a human being, not a human doing. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, just you know, just long long way to say, Krista and I really wanted to make a lot of these health and wellness, holistic practices, um, more accessible to more people that we had seen it change our lives. Um, we had seen it change a lot of the lives of people around us in our bubble of, uh, burning man and mm -hmm. entrepreneurship and, and generally privileged people living in LA and New York and San Francisco, yes. et cetera. And we're like, how do we get You anticipated my next question. <laughs> like, how do we get more people to get access to this shit? Because it's not like it's expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's way less than going to Barry's boot camp once a week, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, yeah. In many cases, it can be free. Like, meditation can be free, right? Like, all you, all you need is uh, a little time. <laughs> That's all you need. Um, and so that was kind of the beginning of it. It's like, how do we, how do we make, how do we make this more accessible? Spread the word, really. Um, spread the word of a lot of these practices that have been around for thousands and thousands of years. Some of them newer, but many of them old. Um, because man, our our healthcare system is is a little broken, and and we we believe very much. Like our thesis is that holistic health um, is one of the main answers to to a lot of these problems. And I, I know you guys are early uh, in your development of the platform. I, I want to go down. There's two roads that I want to go down. So I'm going to say them now so that we can go back to the one that the path that we don't take later on. We can circle back to it. The first path is the convergence of holistic healing and medicine with the capitalist, Western driven 
VC growth metric mentality, right? Like with some of the funds that have invested in your company, you know, I know that they are looking for this specific reg- revenue target at this specific valuation and that that user count and particular KPIs, key performance indicators for those listening at every round. And of course you want this to grow, but you want this to grow right. So there's, and, and that also trickles down to the practitioners as someone that's been offering, you know, breath work um, through the Kensho IG live kind of navigating as an individual, what offerings are, you know, are free and available to the community versus what offerings um, do I believe there needs to be a value transfer for? How do we determine kind of the correct value? Um, so that that kind of bleeding into, you know, capitalism and easing of suffering um, on the that's one path that we can mm-hmm. go down. So I'm going to leave right. that for you there. All right. Good. And <laughs> I'm excited about that. And then the other path is your your early your early days right now. Um, and you mentioned kind of the the position of of privilege and the coastal kind of Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, maybe Austin, Texas, a little bit of Denver, some other spaces in the country um, where these practices are clearly on the rise. And yet, um, I guess you want to expand that offering globally, or at least starting with kind of the rest of the United States. So how do you bridge to the communities that might see, you know, that, that is quote unquote woo woo or, you know, more for like liberals in, you know, in coastal, in blue States or coastal cities. Yeah. So these these are that. great. These are great paths. No, no, these are, these are great paths to go down and, and really good questions. Um, yeah. In regards to the VC question, um, I think it's, it's a question uh, it's a good question for any company that's mission driven I'd say that's trying to serve some underlying good like can it coexist with venture capital um, I think that a lot of the times it can ruin companies venture capital can um, especially if you don't have the right partners involved I'd say for us we're really really lucky to have uh, two partners in Crosscut and Female Founders Fund and, and actually in a third in Evolve Foundation um, who are all really supportive of what we're doing. Not to say that they, they don't want to see returns. They're not, they're not doing this for just out of pure goodness. Yeah, they're, but they're stewards of their limited partner capital and they need, to, they need to generate returns. They are. They are and they do. Um, but they all really believe in what we're doing. Uh, they believe it more than just from a, um, a, you know, a revenue or KPI perspective. Um, so that, that's, I think that's one part of it. And then second part is I don't, I think that you can do well by by also doing good. Um, and I don't think that there, I think at times there can be perverse or, uh, you know, indirectly or, you know, inappropriately correlated or inverse um, incentives uh, between VCs and, and a mission-based company. Um, and we may bump up against that. Uh, but I think at this stage, at least so far, um, I think they're quite aligned. I think mm-hmm. that if we are able to 
drive more relationships between clients and holistic health practitioners, that will be very good for the world. It'll be very good for practitioners. It'll be really good for clients. And it'll be really good for our bottom line uh, and for our investors. So I think at the moment, at least, um, incentives are quite aligned. Um, and for us, uh, for Krista and myself, I guess the third part is we, we would rather not, you know, not build a company than build it in, improperly or incorrectly uh, with, yeah. with, the, with the wrong incentives in mind. So that's just something, I think that's just something that, you know, every, every founder has to find their, you know, their line in the sand, um, the type of company that they want to build. For us, you know, our, our mission is, is so important. And if we lose sight of that, the company is not going to be the same. Uh, we're, we are not going to do the same. We're not going to be as, as driven um, and dedicated to what we're doing uh, if our mission shifts. You know, if we're only focused on uh, how many, you know, just throwing out something here, how many ad dollars can we bring in next month, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think it's a great question. I think it's something that every founder needs to figure out for him or herself as they're going through it because sometimes the incentives are not aligned. And, and I think that if you have a strong mission a good business model um, and really good partners in in your VCs, uh, ones that are looking at the, you know, the, the long term effects and the long term return. Um, I think that these incentives can actually be really aligned and and mutually beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's certain times when it's um, it's especially in like the seeds, seed precede where, where you are, right? Like the growing, you know, the growing of the user base is so aligned with, with the VC capital. And then as you mentioned, kind of selling ads, right? Like that's when at a certain point it's like, how do you monetize? And even companies like Facebook, which is now massive, you know, they face that, that question, I think in around like 2012, it's crazy to think not even a decade ago, they were trying to figure out how to make money mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, it, it was a, a huge question mark. And with, with Stuart, um, the company that I'm working on right now, you know, it's been, it takes time to get to know the customer and to understand, you know, we work with farmers and so understanding the farmers and what their needs are and not wanting to, you know, to, to blitz scale quote unquote, just because you want to be able to serve them, um, as, as best you can. And it seems like we're actually moving towards the same, in a similar direction to, to Ken show in that it's the platform model where you're connecting, right? The supply side with the demand side seems to be a great way to, to scale up and kind of create that flywheel of incentives, uh, incentive alignment for everyone. And so when you went about building Ken show, because you said you already have thousands of practitioners on the platform, um, it sounds like first you started with let's let's bootstrap the supply side of this. So how'd you go about building this Rolodex of incredible uh, pra- holistic health practitioners that you have? Yeah, we uh, you know with any marketplace, it's always a chicken or egg problem. You hear that a lot. 
Um, and we heard that a lot in our initial meetings. Like, okay, great. Like, yes, we see there's a supply. Yes, we see there's a demand. Which one are you going to focus on first? Um, and we, we just thought the supply made the most sense uh, from the beginning. And so at the, be at the start, it was, just, it was just hustling. It was just uh, reaching out, me reaching out individually, actually, um, having 20, 30-minute conversations with every, every provider, every practitioner, um, explaining what Kensho is about, explaining why they should join, uh, what would be in it for them. Um, and, you know, part of it was like, we're kind of figuring it out as we go, <laughs> as, as I was telling always, the story. Always. Right? With, with startups. Um, and, then, and then we were lucky enough to be, uh, to be in, introduced and eventually partner with this large, um, large network of, uh, of holistic health practitioners in New World Native. And Ray Hughes is now leading our community. Um, and she brought over a lot of her a lot of her people with her and that allowed us to scale fairly quickly on that end um and then kind of begin focusing uh on the demand side of things too and, and scaling up that which as you mentioned with the flywheel effect um obviously are are, in, are interrelated uh, i have so many questions because I, I i like there's the business side of my mind that wants to start to like go into some of the questions around you know, the customer retention and, and things like that. But there's also just this other part of me that wants to just talk about the various offerings on the platform and um, kind of what, what you're seeing, what emerging trends you're seeing. I always, it's always tough to figure out where to go next. What, well, first of all, let's circle back to that, that earlier question. So how are you thinking hmm. about communities that, because you you kind of responded very well to the to the VC point, which is you figured out a way to align the incentives of all the stakeholders in your company, um, the practitioners, the consumers, the investors, yourselves, which is fantastic. And then you know the the other question there was how do we? I my assumption is that most of the the practitioners certainly, but the users on your platform are those that have already been. Um, grown aware of these holistic health practices and were already interested in yoga and, you know, Reiki and meditation and nutrition coaching and all the other services that are offered on the platform. What about getting that, that customer that's not the core evangelist for the product, but uh, possibly needs it the most? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the biggest opportunity, both from yeah. a business perspective and from a perspective of the most change that we can drive in our society. Um, you know, the the mom who lives in Brentwood, California, who's doing yoga three times a week and spends fifty dollars a week on on juices, um, and and who loves Goop. Uh, yeah, like definitely would love her to use our platform and and think that there's a lot of benefit. To her, um, but I think that the the farmer in Nebraska who you know is suffering from real stress around um, around making ends meet or, or whatever have you, uh, I think that the potential growth for that person is is far greater, and I think that 
Interestingly enough, we've we've already seen a ton of demand from places outside of those uh, those major metropolitan areas of LA and New York, uh, which is where we focused almost all of our efforts. Um, I used to live in New York, have a big community there. We see the we saw those as the two biggest markets, um, as you mentioned, kind of the lowest hanging fruit for us. But regardless of that. We've seen a lot of interest and demand from other parts of the country. Uh, we see practitioners popping up and applying from, uh, you know, rural parts of Texas and Alabama, like really from all, pretty much all the fifty states, which is crazy. It's awesome. Uh, even though we haven't advertised, yeah, we haven't advertised to them. We've done very little advertising anyway. Um, so, it, and so that that that's one part of it. It's like there actually is already demand, and then the second part of it is. What can we do to proactively reach out to them? Um, luckily, uh, many of our practices are already very remote or very virtual uh, yeah. by nature. So meditation and breath work and, and even yoga and some of the functional you know, medicine stuff. Obviously, acupuncture is a little bit harder to do uh, virtually. Virtually. Although a friend of mine was saying that he's, he's working with an acupuncturist using peppermint oil. And putting okay. peppermint oil on the various parts of his body where the needles would typically go to activate those areas. So that's right. you know, there's all sorts of solutions right. that people are are finding to these. Uh, that's interesting. I hadn't heard of that one. I love that. Yeah, um, super so cool. I think I think that like the demand already exists, and then also create a uh, you know create a product and a and a brand that is relatable. Um, and so we've really, really made efforts to make our brand feel more inviting, feel uh, authentic and objective, um, both interesting for men and for women, which I think is, is, is unusual uh, in the space, hopefully relatable to, to people of different ethnic backgrounds mm-hmm. uh, and national backgrounds. Um, yeah, I've got, to, I've got to sync you up with yeah. um, with Maryam Ajayi if you're not already um, connected to her. She uh, she was my last guest on the show, and she's um, her initiative is di- diversity and wellness. So I'm oh, sure she. Oh uh, yeah, I'd love love to speak. Yeah, love to speak. She, yeah, please, please. Just but just asking those questions like how can we be more relatable to diverse audiences? I think is is really important. It's very much at the foundation of what we're doing, um, and. Uh, and yeah, honestly, reading the data, like understanding where the next opportunities are. Um, and many of them are going to be in those larger metropolitan areas, but many of them are not. Um, and yeah, I see, I see huge opportunity in expanding this uh, across the nation. And do you think that you're going to stay virtual? Because I feel like you guys have, are making so much progress with the virtual offerings. Um, is, that, is that something that you intend to stick with? Yeah, I think... I think for the most part, um, luckily we're we're set up to flex quite nicely, um, and we can we can facilitate connection virtually or in person uh, as as things progress. And my my guess is that in a month, um, you know, acupuncturists are going to be able to work with their clients again. Um, for instance, and body workers as well, and and we'll be able to do smaller group uh, in person uh, things. We may not we may not have the you know the the, the mass meditations of big quiet uh, in Madison Square Garden anytime soon, but mm-hmm. I, I do think that we'll have kind of smaller group um, in person stuff. So yeah, we're definitely going to push on virtual. I think that 
I think that this is an interesting time for for health of all types. And we're shifting to, you know, at least asking the question, does this need to be in person? Could this be easy, easier to facilitate over Skype like we're doing here? Um, yeah. And it may be like if rather than rather than going into a doctor and getting a prescription filled, could we just have a five minute call over, you know, over Zoom or Skype or a phone yeah. call? Maybe. Yeah. So you're you're still you're still playing around with that and figuring it out as you go. And it's all oh, yeah. an experiment. I mean, it's all an experiment. It has to be iterative. Mm. Um yeah, I mean we're we're just trying to bob and weave as as best we can, uh ultimately. So to your point on branding earlier and kind of touching on, you know, being more for both women and men, um, I have to ask because in in the write-up about your pre-seed raise, the the journalist took a quote and put antithesis of goop. And I know how those things work because they take the juiciest, (laughs) the juiciest quote they can find and the title. But I mean, what it like in your mind, kind of what does that statement mean? Yeah. So it's funny. I actually spoke to someone uh, in partnerships at goop last week. Um, okay. just kind of get just, yeah, just like reaching out, getting a sense, um, for, for what some of those collaborations might look like. Um, uh, because, you know, I, I think Goop is an amazing, is an amazing brand, right. And, and it speaks to a lot of, a lot of people, mostly women, mostly, uh, mostly wealthy women, frankly, living in, in metropolitan cities, but, um, that group is incredibly influential and it's still, an, it's, it's a very important group. Um, and obviously, they've done a ton to spearhead and drive the conversation around wellness forward mm-hmm. um, with Goop Lab. And, and some of it, some of it is um, not necessarily positive, uh, of course, but but at least it's it's certainly in conversation. And they're doing a lot of good work. Um, so yeah, antithesis of Goop. Uh, it was a comment that that my co-founder made sort of offhandedly actually. Uh, and, uh, and I think <laughs> immediately afterward was like, please don't print that. Uh, <laughs> and they were like, and of no, course, no, of course, of course you I was didn't take say one. it's off the record. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, and, I've had some experiences uh, but, but, with that sort of thing. But to us, to us, that just means that we are, um, we're not sensationalist. We're not mm. going to try to, to sell you shit that is unproven mm-hmm. um, just to make more money. Um, and we're going to be as researched and science-based as we can be. Uh, so we have a partnership with a company called Thoria, which is sort of the innovation arm of Wiley, which is the largest uh, research uh, publisher in the world, uh, mostly scientific journals and stuff like that. And so we have access to a um, pretty much like the world's library of, of research and so we've pulled a lot of that research to inform a lot of the decisions and recommendations that we make on the platform. Yeah. Um, and so for us, we, we think, I mean, Goop has a PhD section, which is great. I'm glad they're going in that direction. Um, but I would say historically, they haven't been on the right side of some of these arguments, whether it be, uh, you know, thousand dollar uh, Jade Yoni eggs or, or, or what have you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so we, we really want to be, 
objective and research and science-based. And that's kind of what we think about when we're thinking about, and, and also for everyone, right? Like we want to be sort of the everyman brand. Um, and so those are the, those are the two areas where we think we're kind of, we're different from, from and, group, maybe not antithetical. <laughs> to, to that point, like what is, what is Kensho, where does it come from and how'd you pick that name? Yeah. So I, um, I was actually looking for a word or, or a phrase or an idea to describe sensations that I've been having. Um, this is probably five years ago. Um, and, and, and it would happen sometimes when I was on a run. It would happen when I was meditating. It would happen, you know, just kind of throughout the day of like moments of people call it download or understanding or insight or like an aha moment of, of awakening. I was like, man, like, I wonder if there's a word to describe that. And so I went searching for it. And, and I found that in, in Zen uh, Buddhism, um, which is more or less the meaning of Kensho. It's, it's usually coupled with Satori. Um, and the way that I have interpreted it is... And, and what Satori. is Satori? Satori is nirvana. It's, okay. uh, it's like full-on enlightenment. And Kensho is a form of that. But I've, uh, we've interpreted it really as meaning more of a moment of it that needs to be cultivated uh, for more moments of it that can lead to Satori. Yeah, and I think that's, that's similar to um, in the yoga tradition, there's before Samadhi, there's Dhyana. And Samadhi is kind of the nirvana state. And Dhyana is like deep meditative state. And so it's like you kind of drink from the well, but you you don't fully dive into the ocean just yet. So that's that's super cool. I'm not, I I would love to dive a little bit deeper into into Zen. Um, I've been listening to a ton of Alan Watts recently. Mm. He's just uh, wait, wait, uh, what have you been listening to? So he there's Audible has uh, a series of lectures, which it's it's the essential Alan Watts, but I think it has a different name. I think it's out of your not out of your mind. What's it called? Yeah, out of your mind. Yeah, it's out of your mind. Yeah, I've it's, I've listened to it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And you know what I, I love about him, like, man? Like, uh, a couple times, actually. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I love about, like, I just love that sense of humor, that, like, the cosmic joke, you know? Like, I get so swept into, like, this fucking seriousness all the time. Like, even on this show, I catch myself. I'm just like, oh, I'm being so rigid, you know? Like, let's open it up. Let's loosen it up a little bit. And he's just so fantastic at integrating these really complex ideas that are like, he says, you know, I'm sincere, but I'm not serious. And serious is like, it's a matter of life and death. And like, everything is very, you know, like military style. It's very serious because you're dealing with lives, but sincere is there's caring, but it's, you know, it's the dance, it's the game. So it's the dance, it's the, it's the play. And, and yeah. I think that that's something that, that he, that he uh, translates and articulates so well, mm-hmm. which I think is beautiful. It's this, this play, this dance that's constantly going on and this, this kind of cosmic laugh. And, yes. I, and I, like his, his laugh is infectious. Yes, it is for sure. Right. And he's, and oftentimes laughing about and making and, you know, kind of poking fun at the most essential 
questions of, of humanity and existence. Um, and I feel like that's in some instances, that's the only response we can have because the deeper I go into this stuff, the more confusing it gets. And the more <laughs> I'm just like, fuck, like, I really don't know, you know, and there's, there's such a power to that, to that, those words. I don't know. That's just like releases us from this ego trip of, of seriousness. It's cool. Absolutely. No, I think, I think know, knowing how much you don't know is, uh, I think is, is a wise and egoless uh, path to go down. Um, you know, I, I, I wish that there were more people that, um, that had less ego around what they know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and every day it's like, it's like a task to try to, to try to knock down the ego too. Cause it just creeps in, in these, you know, in these strange ways, like even like self, Self, I think it was, um, I think it was Emerson. He said like self-deprecation is self-exaltation. And it's basically like, you know, I fall into this trap all the time of just, I'm comparing myself to an imaginary version of myself that I'm simultaneously idolizing. I'm like, I'm like doing all the things I'm, you know, I'm working hard. I'm meeting great people. I'm having incredible experiences. You know, I'm releasing content. I'm, I'm on my path. And it's never enough. And it's never enough because I'm constantly comparing myself to this like golden calf version of Mark. That's like perfect. <laughs> and his podcast has a million downloads and he's got, he's a best-selling author and he's speaking all over the world. And it's like, man, just give it, give yourself a fucking break. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I certainly have that too. And, and I think that, um, when I'm at my best, I'm just recognizing that I'm, and I think that birthdays are a good time to do this, is, is, is like moments of reflection. Like, am I on the right path? Like, are the steps I'm taking generally in the right direction? Do I feel quite good about this next step I'm taking? And, and I think if you can answer, for the most part, yes, for those sort of questions, like you feel good about the direction you're headed at least, that's really awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, and of course, of course we, we know this and it's, it's almost trite and how often it's said, but you know, the, the destination, like the, there is no destination. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, jur- the, like the journey, the experience is the, like is the transformation. There is heaven on earth. If you choose, you know, if you choose or allow it to be here, um, you forget, I forget all the time. <laughs> Me too. And I, and I, and, and, you know, I'm on this spiritual journey and I recognize it and I'm observant of it and it's, um, it can become, and that's why the play, the cosmic dance, the play is so, so important because it can become so rigid and serious of like, like, oh man, you know, like I fell out of that moment of bliss and I fell out of that. I fell out of that state of peacefulness and the, uh, the constant reminding myself that abundance is all around me and it's my birthright and I, and I have it. Mm. Um, and then there, there can be this harsh, for me, this harsh kind of critic that comes back and is like, yeah, like you're not, you're just not there, man. You know, you're not there yet. Like, how do you remind, how, do you have any tools to remind yourself to, uh, to take, you know, 
to be to be sincere without serious or to to laugh or or whatever maybe well one one so the breath is super important for me as as you know because we've been doing some breath work together and sometimes just like getting weird like doing a lion's breath just like ah like physically like making a weird (laughs) face and just like getting it out by the way i have i have some friends i have some friends that that joined uh not this live, but the live last week, and they like they joined right when I was going, <laughs> like lion's breath, like eyes out of my head, like tongue out, and they were like, "Whoa, <laughs> what the heck is going on?" Which is so perfect. And I think you know what I'm missing in life right now because I don't enjoy, I haven't enjoyed like kind of the virtual dances, and you know maybe for your birthday we can do some celebrating, but like yeah. you know, dance, dance and getting weird at a festival. You know, that, that kind of just the serendipity that can happen in those types of spaces and the music and the fun, like, and just the, the flow of our bodies just getting super weird. That to me is like, is truly medicine. You know, I, I don't know if you have ecstatic dance practitioners on, you know, on the platform. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. We do. And I, and I love, I love five rhythms and ecstatic dance and Kate Shella and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Myself. Well, I was actually, I wanted to, on, on that note, like I, you know, we are speaking of Watts and kind of the role that he might play in something like Kensho, um, and then tying in kind of the, the data, because we need data and we need science because we need to be able to bridge the gap for those that require, those individuals that require that type of kind of um, scientific method behind these practices. Validation. Validation, yeah, rather than rather than experience, and I'm reminded of I'm reminded of a quote right now that I'll share. Um, Babaji said, uh, and this is Yogananda. I'm, I'm holding up a card. Yogananda. Yogananda's guru's guru, and he's like mm-hmm. this supposedly just like evaporated in a cave in the Himalayas like <laughs> a couple hundred years ago. But he came back to speak to Yogananda before Yogananda went off to another planet. Straight up, speaking of science <laughs> and bridging the gap between these <laughs> these things, because you know, autobiography of a yogi is not in the nonfiction section. Um, in Absolutely your, in not. Your books. No, that that shit that that is all over the place. Yeah, it's wild. It gets out there, right? And <laughs> yeah. this stuff can really get out there. But um, Babaji yeah. said, "Truth is for the earnest seekers, not for those of idle curiosity. It's easy to believe when one sees. No soul searchings are then necessary." Supersensual truth is deservedly discovered by those who overcome their natural materialistic skepticism. So, yeah, I'll let that sit for a second. But yeah, I want to get your take because it's like, you know, you want to be as based in science as possible. But then there are certain things like even as I'm, you know, as I'm going through and giving the breath as an offering, I'm like, okay, well, this is what the yogi said about the nadis. And the Nadis are supposedly these 72,000 psychic channels. But as someone that really lives in, in the rational often and likes science-based and validation as well, I, I have a hard time making those claims outright and saying, like, you know, you're cleansing your Nadis. Um, and so I, I like to offer, like, the option. But then I guess for you as the, as the platform, right? For practitioners to come on and there's a rigorous process. Like I, it took me, I think 
a few hours and then multiple days of validation, you know, checks to, to be accepted onto the platform. We know each other, which I think is fantastic. But um, how, you know, how do you kind of, how do you police the platform? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and I use that phrase intentionally as well, because then it's like, how much responsibility does the platform have to actually be the police? You know, now we're seeing platforms like Medium and Twitter taking down certain posts and that's a slippery slope. So totally. Not a question, but would love for your thoughts. No, it's it's definitely something that we we discuss, and it's evolving all the time. um, Honestly, Uh, we we want to be as as open and transparent and reliable as possible, and so we're bringing in all the research, all the research that says things are really effective, all the research that says things that are not. you know, for stuff for for yoga and meditation, there's there's actually quite a bit of research out there proving it's really helpful for reducing stress, for uh, PTSD, et, et cetera. Um, for stuff like breathwork, there's actually a lot less research out there, uh, even yeah. though we you know we know it to be really effective. Um, and I and I'm confident that research will show that to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's kind of a balance of our experience uh, as as practitioners ourselves and as you know connoisseurs of holistic health practices, mm. um, and also you know kind of coupling that with uh, our you know our more science backgrounds um, and trying to make this objective as possible. So ultimately, I think it's like just try to be a trustworthy, reliable. A friend that doesn't have a lot of ego, that knows a lot, and we just want to share what we know. Mm. Luckily, luckily, like there are some tools that will help um, police this, right? Like we're going to have uh, reviews on the platform. We've already begun to, but it's taking time to to build up. Um, and yeah, ultimately, we'll do our best. But it's it's tricky. It's it's not it's it's not black and white at all. Yeah, the platform game is is tricky in that way. I mean, as I said, like the largest platforms out there struggle with this, um, with that challenge. But it's also just, you know, like for me, I can fucking go do an alien channeling session with, you know, with some gentleman on Zoom and be like, that was a profound experience. And, right. and hold space for that without then, you know, necessarily, um, you know, trying to get abducted or whatever. But... But we it, all need different things, right? Like some of us need to know that something is proven with a meta-analysis, double-blind, longitudinal study. Yeah. Okay? Someone, someone just needs to know like this is as foolproof as possible. And other people are a bit more trusting and willing to experiment and play. Both are great. And... Um, and I think that if both of them do have that earnest curiosity or earnest seekers, um, as, as it was mentioned in that quote, you know, they both will find their own path. Like we all have our own path. Like for many people, it might be like they're actually more attracted to the stuff that's super out there. That, I mean, maybe maybe some of like the, the energy work that's that's less scientifically proven they may find themselves like then going into yoga from there 
or maybe it's someone who starts off and like they they see that acupuncture is supported by um, Medicaid and Medicare now. Like, okay, that seems more trustworthy. We'll go in there, but they actually may end up in energy work after a while, after determining like, oh, like there's some interesting stuff with acupuncture. There's all this stuff around energy channeling through my body. That's really, that's really interesting. I want, I want to learn more about that. So I think ultimately it's just about meeting people where they're at and, and providing many different paths because there's no one path. And are you, as kind of the platform, are you intending to, and, and I apologize because I've been mostly focused on my creator page, my self-centered way, are you providing, um, you know, guides and written content and videos, kind of explainers and all that, or is it, is it currently the matching engine? I know, you're, I know you have a, a schedule of the live um, programming that you're offering on your Instagram right now. But is there also research, the research that you mentioned, studies and all that posted on Kensha? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and frankly, I think it's just a function of some of it not being as, uh, as easy to, to find, um, yeah. which is more of like a, a, a UX problem, which we're solving right now. Um, but yeah, we have uh, hundreds of pieces of content, um, mm. lots, of, lots of research that we've actually distilled uh, you know, translate it into more common speak <laughs> and then link out to the original <laughs> research um, around all these different practices and, and common symptoms and topics. Uh, and then we have um, a lot of original content from practitioners too. So I don't know if you've written anything, but with, like if, if you have or if you want to, um, mm-hmm. we love to publish stuff from our, from our practitioners. Um, you know, videos, videos as well. And that will, that will continue to grow. And we see that both as an opportunity to, you know, to, to reach people where they're at. Someone might not be open to working with a practitioner yet, or even trying a class, but they might be interested enough to read an article, um, uh, to give a voice to our practitioners. Um, because many of them are, are true experts in their craft. Um, Mm -hmm. And and to relate to to people and uh, and then you know the, the third, which is just uh, we found this out later is kind of a positive externality of that is it helps a lot with SEO, and and when we're talking about that flywheel, um, that content can drive a lot of demand, which can drive uh, supply, and and supply can can then drive that that content more. So there's we 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 see that that flywheel effect as well. That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm currently working and trying to figure out for my own personal practice, like all of these methods. And I create a lot of content, like between the podcast and Instagram and then writing a, a weekly newsletter and sharing my thoughts, um, you know, putting a, together a lot of content and, you know, it's my, my sessions are kind of a new offering. Like I haven't, I kind of paused from yoga teaching and I think this forced pause has led me to be like, why not, you know, like why not, um, do well by doing good, as you said, 
with something that I'm extremely passionate about that has had a very positive impact on my life and to just immerse myself fully into that. I think it's really cool. I have other elements of my person, right? Like I do startup advisory work and, you know, I invest in companies and it's like, it's a whole- You're a renaissance, you're a renaissance man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some are. say renaissance man, some say jack of all trades. Um, it's, you know, it depends on how you want to frame it, but I- So that 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 quote is a funny one. Uh, yes. Yeah, jack, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. But oft times better than a master of one. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Which, it, which we the second part for some reason just yeah they cut it totally ignored, but it completely the shifts the meaning. Cut of it. it. <laughs> yeah, the well, like just yeah the the capitalist system that we're a part of cut it right. We need to because be they want you to specialize. a specialist, a specialize in one area, like work on work at only doing this thing, putting in this widget in the product and on the factory line. That's all you do. Don't yeah. know the whole, don't look at the whole picture. Don't yeah. study outside of your realm. Meanwhile, um, like we have access to infinite information at our fingertips now and children who, any child that has access to a laptop or an iPad or a cell phone, you know, has access to the world's library of information and we're still putting them in desks asking them to walk hand in hand, two by two in lines in elementary school and teaching them in the Prussian style, which was meant to build the military industrial complex of that society. And it's like, okay, it's time for us to get creative. And I actually think that the future of work is is generalist. I think the future of work is going to be having many different portals, as my coach calls them, towards income, um, income streams. And we all have the ability to branch out and that actually drives me towards a question for you. How are you finding balance as an entrepreneur founder with venture backing? You know, as we described, there's targets. Building a company is stressful. You're building a company in this holistic space. I know you. I know that you're living what you're building. But I'd love for you to share kind of with the audience what your practices are and how you're finding peace in the chaos of all this. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes some days better than others. Um, generally, generally pretty good. Uh, I think I have a solid foundation. Well, I mean, really, just trying to keep it quite simple. Um, I know the things that work for me, and and that usually involves getting a good night's sleep, reading a lot, having having dedicated, focused work connecting with people I care about, meditating daily, working out almost daily, pretty much daily now, um, and eating well. Um, if I'm doing those things, which at this point, I mean, and I think for people who, who maybe are starting from scratch or don't have the best habits right now, that can sound like so much. I was just going to say, I feel like to sum that list is like, that's that an probably sounds list. like so much, but I yeah. think that if you think about it as they're all interrelated and, and once you, for once you prioritize one of them, the rest of them get, get into focus. So if you just take one, just say like, if you're not doing any of those things, just focus on sleep. Just say like, I am going to commit to getting eight hours of sleep for the next month. What will happen is you're going to wake up refreshed. 
you're going to have much more willpower. You might say, okay, you know what? I've been wanting to do that meditation thing. I think I'm going to try that today. And you may not do it every day, but you'll do it some days. And with that, you'll begin meditating. Like, you know what? You know what I want? I want, I want some breakfast that's going to serve me. That's going to make me feel really good. Mm-hmm. You're going to have that, you know, you may have that breakfast some days. And then after that, you're going to, you're going to be focused. You're going to be like really wanting to focus and bite into something that's, that's useful. And because you're prioritizing your time like that, you're going to want to fill it with friends and people who you love and who give you purpose and meaning. And because you're doing all these things, you're going to feel probably better about yourself. You're going to be eating well and sleeping well. You're going to have more energy. You're going to want to work out. You're going to want to move that body. And, and like, and it's, it's honestly just a flywheel. It's the Mm. same, it's the same thing we were talking about with the company. One leads into the other. Um, Ultimately, it's just about doing, doing your best to love this vessel and imperfect being that you are. Um, And gosh, there, there are days when I, I certainly don't. And there, there are like mornings where I, where I do. And then afternoons where I'm like, ugh. (laughs) But (laughs) But ultimately, just like trying to trying to do things that I know will make me feel really good, not just in the moment, but you know, throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the throughout my life. Um, so doing that stuff, I find really helpful. I'm so blessed to be in in Venice, California, and you probably hear a lot of birds chirping. Um, yeah. It's you know, it's beautiful outside. I, I have a nice little bungalow here with a with a cute cute little backyard i'm truly truly fortunate um but yeah honestly doing doing those things uh doing those things have been unbelievably helpful and um have allowed me to ride this this kind of turbulent wave Mm. um and roller coaster of entrepreneurship the yeah dude but for me for me i think the the hardest part is probably not not doing uh just just sitting in it and allowing myself to feel and just be um that that i think i could do much better at doing Mm. for me this 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 sort of experience i i i addressed it like ooh, this is an opportunity what can i do to help how you know i'm going to become the the block captain for my block in my neighborhood. And I'm going to try to donate money to, to all these causes. And I'm, I'm going to, yeah. you know, focus on work and work hard and like do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think what I could do a better job with doing is just, you know, having, having moments or hours of just not doing anything and yeah. just feeling into this kind of crazy turbulent time. Yeah. Well put. Um, I think we're, we're kindred spirits in that, in that way of, you know, wanting to take action and being action oriented and, and doing, and even with some of the practices that you mentioned, it's like doing the healthy eating, it's doing the meditation, it's doing the exercise and doing the community service. And, you know, and as we, as you said, and as your meditation teacher taught you from a young age, we're human beings, not human doings. And, and then I also just, I also want to find the, the, cause these things is, you know, we're talking about Watts, there's always this conundrum. And I think the other side of that is like, what if that is just who you are 
and who I am and how we must operate right now. Like we must do, we must act. That is just in our nature. And the part of it that is really holding me back is the part of me that is like, I'm trying to do too much. When really it's like, wow, lean into that energy that I have, this this like desire to do so much. Um, maybe that's okay too. I think so. I think just listen. Mm. Listen and respond and maybe take yeah, you know, take action. Um I think I think generally we we live in a I, I think it's good to be patient and make decisions thoughtfully. I do. And, and I, and I, and I do a lot of the time, but there's also just, a, there's a, in many places, it's just good to make a decision and, and see what happens. Go, go with kind of what feels right at that moment. And it may be the wrong step and you can adjust, you can, you can iterate, but take the step. Um, and if that feels like, if you're feeling like, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to be a, a lazy bum this Saturday. I'm going to play video games and not do anything like, okay, <laughs> like lean into yeah. that. Um, but I, I do think that during this time, and I know a lot of people are suffering so much, and, and I do come from a place of privilege at this moment, healthy and happy and, and comfortable. Um, but I think the easiest way to, to feel better and to get out of um, you know, spiraling stress or, or suffering if it's related to yourself is to think about other people is to give to other people. It's the best known way that I I've figured out how to get out of my head, not feel bad for myself, uh, be self-critical, all that stuff. Um, and so I offer that as well. It's like, if you're having trouble finding purpose or meaning or, or finding firm ground in any of this, see what you can do to give back. Um, see what you can, and it can be little things, little tiny things, just, you know, calling up, calling up a, a friend who might be suffering as well or suffering more or doing, you know, doing what you can to, to give back to community right now. Cause most, I mean, anyone who has time to listen to your podcast probably has the ability to help on some, small or maybe a big way. Yeah. Respect. And, and thank you for sharing that with the listeners. I think that's huge. A past guest, um, Bill Brown, who is the executive director at the prison yoga project um, and a, and a, you know, decade long plus yoga practitioner and teacher described um, the path. I, I guess it was the transition from one path in Buddhism, which is the path towards self-discovery towards the path of service, Mahayana path or something I forget the exact name, but that message keeps coming across. And one thing that I've loved about you since we've known each other is your dedication to community. You really put yourself out um, in building community and inviting people in. I think that's really powerful and something that I'd like to learn from. Um, and I offered Thanks, some, I mean, you know, I, some of it's really, really selfish. Like I, I, uh, I know how much joy it gives me to give back. It's like I've, I think I've like cracked that code a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then on the other hand, like I love surrounding myself with amazing people <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like yourself. And, and of course I, I am teasing a little bit and being slightly self-deprecating, which I guess <laughs> is self, 
<laughs> exulting. <good>. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's awesome. And, and I offer like even just the context switch, right? Like for myself, what came, what came up when you were talking about service was the context switch of this podcast can be massively of service. This conversation that we're having can be massively of service to even just that one person that needs to hear what's coming through you right now in this moment in time. And I often is kind of like the, that masculine energy of that go, 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 do, do, do get swept up into kind of the self-centered elements of this podcast, admittedly to my listeners of like, you know, oh, I want to grow the audience. I want to, you know, I want to make this a, a, a livelihood. I want to do more, get more guests, you know, grow, right? That VC style mentality to bring it back full circle. And really at the end of the day, it could just be as service can be as simple as a context switch of this podcast. And I constantly remind myself, this podcast is about service. It's about bringing forward ideas and conversations that are going to support the greater good through those that are listening and sharing. That's what it's about. And it has to stay about that. The other stuff might come, it might not come. Um, but that, that, you know, message of service that I keep hearing from the wonderful people that I bring on to this show, um, like you is, I think it's there for me as much as it's there for the listeners. So respect. And I'm so happy that we got to, uh, that we got to record this happy birthday. Thanks brother. I'm going to let you share, I'm going to invite you to share, um, to share kind of like one or two things, whatever that, that you want to leave the listeners with. But first I have this burning question. What are you most excited for post quarantine? Mm, you know, can't, a camping, a camping trip with friends. Yes. Um, uh, and I actually have two, two trips already in the works. Uh, nice. Yeah, like being being with good buddies out in nature. Um that I'm really excited about. And that feels also I'm super excited about it and it also feels very attainable. Like I, I think that's gonna happen. Um yes, I would love to, you know, get sweaty and boogie and dance in, in a you know, in a pack in, in like in in the desert or or in a packed warehouse somewhere. Um I think that's a little less likely right now, um, but heck yeah, I'd love to do that too. <laughs> but but being in nature, being in nature with friends sounds perfect. Where are you where are you heading, Joshua Tree or? Um, most likely, we're talking talking Sierra or mm. you know near the sequoias. Sequoias, or yes. Stuff like that would be really fun. Um, most likely in California. Most likely in California. Not entirely sure what that looks like yet. Um, yeah. Awesome. Enjoy that. And then Thanks. before you go, you know, if there's anything that you want to leave the listeners with, any la- last thoughts, how they can find you or something yeah. different, whatever. Sure. Um, anyway, first off, thank you so much for having me on. It was such it was a, a such pleasure. A Really fun way to spend my birthday morning. Thank you for uh, giving me, you know, an hour plus of your time on your birthday. Ah, uh, it's, it's great, and I, I love I love having conversations like this. Um, Fuck yeah, super fun. Uh, 
KenshoHealth.com is mm-hmm. our website. K-E-N-S-H-O Health.com. Kensho Health Instagram. Um, we're on Twitter as well, but not as active. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my personal uh, account for Instagram is D-A-S-T-E-I-N-E, Destine with an E at the end. There was a Denise Steiner at Princeton. And so I got the Stein with an E at the end at Princeton.edu. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know why I I was pretty early on to to Gmail and Instagram. Like I definitely could have changed that, but I just kept that username. That's great. And yeah, so I just I, I have it for everything. Um, and yeah, uh, and I mean, we'll link we'll link in the show notes to to cool, all the accounts, cool. your personal and and Kensho for sure. Great, great. Um, yeah, and uh, you know something I was thinking about earlier, which I'll, I'll leave people with is. Um, one of the one of the tools that I use throughout my days, which which helps a lot, and I think always brings a smile, kind of a cosmic smile on my face, is reminding myself that I'm going to die. And I know that it can that sounds to some like being a bit morbid, but in the sort of Michael Singer untethered soul sort of way, linking back to I think the conversation we had a little bit yesterday, mm-hmm. um, can be a wonderful tool for learning how to live, maybe perhaps the best tool, right? And it's, it's bound to happen. Uh, so I have this app called We Croak that reminds me I'm gonna, it reminds me I'm gonna die five times a day. It's just, it's just a little blurb that says, just remember you're going to die. And then, and then you can, and you can uh, click in and it, has, it often has kind of a poignant or not even a quote sort of around death. And, it, it just, it doesn't, I mean, there, there's so many practices around, around, you know, death meditation, et cetera. Um, but that, that I find to be really helpful and, and maybe helpful right now for people. Uh, just remembering like as bad as things are, we're still alive. We're mm-hmm. still kicking. Uh, we, even in, even in the, the darkest moments of pain, we're still feeling um, and still, still conscious of what's going on, which is uh, which is a gift. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. It's a great place to leave this and have a wonderful birthday. Thank you. Best of luck to you and and the Kensho team. I know you guys are building something special and it's been exciting to watch the journey. And uh, yeah, well, I'll see you next Monday for our breathwork session. Awesome. (laughs) Have a great rest of your evening there. Uh, I'll talk to you really soon. Thank you, sir. Hello, Lookup listeners. One final note before we go. Thank you again for tuning in. Going forward, we'll be releasing new episodes of Lookup every Wednesday morning, Eastern Time. If you're getting value from this podcast and you want to give back to support our future, please take a moment to contribute to our community on Patreon. Our Patreon contributors have access to some great additional perks, including one-on-one meditations with yours truly. I've shared the link in the show notes below the episode. You can also find the show notes to this and previous episodes on our website, www.thelookuppodcast.com. If you can't contribute at this time, there are other helpful ways to give back. You can share this episode on social media, tag me, and or leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Trust me, every review goes a long way. 
If you want more content, including more of my personal thoughts, you can follow me on social media. My handle on both Instagram and Twitter is at Wark Meinstein, W-A-R-C-M-E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N. Or you can subscribe to the Look Up Weekly newsletter on my website. I'm also very responsive to email, so feel free to send questions, booking inquiries, speaking requests, and sponsorship opportunities to marc at thelookuppodcast.com. Finally, for those of you that don't know, I lead virtual yoga, breathwork, and meditation classes, as well as one-on-one coaching and teaching sessions, which you can book from the website or my social media accounts. Thank you to Sam Palumbo and Patch Kid Music for the great intro and outro tunes and for the sound engineering. Thank you, brother. And thank you to all of you listeners for continuing to support the show, for tuning in, and I hope that you've been enjoying this journey as much as I have. Mm-hmm.